Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know where the afters is? <laughs> Yeah, and um, we're rolling now. We're, yeah. yeah, we're rolling. Okay, so, um, the ups and downs of a DJ career. Should we say, um, what? <laughs> Welcome to the afters. <laughs> yeah, go on. This yeah, is, we started. Yeah, this go is the show. Yeah, this is the show. Yeah, we, this is this is it. So, welcome to the afters. And um, today we're going to be talking about the ups and downs of a career. We, is it the career in the music industry or career in the DJ? Well, I, think, I think DJ career, you know, because I, I mean, I suppose there probably are some similarities being a, you know, folk jazz player, but maybe, <laughs> maybe not with some of the stories that I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to spill today. So we haven't got much experience <laughs> in anything <laughs> nah, else nah, nah. other than, other than that. the DJ I mean, career. Can, you, can you play any other? Yeah. Go on. What? what Have a guess. The recorder, sure. Every never, everyone. never tried the you recorder. You never did not at school. No, keep going. Oh, I did. Um, the piano, tried it in lockdown. Stopped. Solid. No, solid. Yeah. I'm a drummer. I, I, I was. Uh, okay, nice. I was in bands. I think I mentioned this in the first episode. I was in bands from the age of like nine. I lived in Africa when I was younger, oh, and okay. I went to an international school. And this. Uh, it's the teacher that kind of got me into music, Mr. Marx. He got me on the drum kit, and I was just like, "This is this Sick, is me." So yeah. rhythm section was for me. Nice, um, and I can still play now. It is literally like riding a bike, but I've jumped on like a couple of years ago. I jumped on a kit, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" In my head, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. this, and you start playing, and it's all over the place. I, you know what? It's similar to go I on. imagine when you explained. Um, last episode when we were talking about getting the decks back out uh, and yeah. you said you and Liam had a mix yeah, yeah, you were yeah. like it was all over yeah, it yeah. sounded like the Grand National like clangers uh. clangers yeah so sorry back to uh, back to the topic yeah we're going to go over today um, some of the ups and downs of um, our careers in the music industry which is to do 
purely with DJ and electro- mm-hmm. electronic music. Mm-hmm. There's um, the ups and downs were for me quite dramatic. I don't know about you, but <laughs> the, the the ups were great, but the mm. downs were particularly bad. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some. There's probably going to be some really exciting and um, saucy. There's going to be lots of sort. There's going to be some profanities. But yeah, prof- <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> um, but there's also probably going to be some dark stories some, some, uh, yeah, and some yeah. some truths that have come out. They're going to come out today, which I've never spoke about publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, only some of my close family know. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think these things need to be said. I think Absolutely. a lot of people. It's taboo, right? There's there's certain things that um, people do in terms of how they look after their bodies or what mm. they how they don't look after their bodies and that um people don't talk about it because they they're scared to talk about it they may be um unsure of how their parents are going to feel yeah, or yeah. friends and family are going to uh, look at them differently mm. and that it, it, yeah some things just need to be spoken yeah. about and i think that's 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 how i wanted to start was like before you as a professional dj like how did you you know, how did you think it was going to be? Like, what did you think the ups were going to be and the downs are going to be? Because I was, I was trying to think about this myself recently and I was just like, fuck, like, what did I expect out of it? You know, so... For me, when I... So my first experience in a nightclub where my eyes lit up and I realised that this is what I wanted to do forever was my first time in Sankey's Manchester on my oh, 19th yeah. birthday. Hmm. Did you go to San? San- I, and I went to the one in Ibiza, but okay. not Manchester. So the Ibiza one, the Ibiza Sankeys was great. It was designed exactly in the same style as the Manchester one. Mm. However, it was a, it was a lot longer in terms of, like it was like more of a horizontal shape. Where Sankeys was a long room, so the dance floor was at the very end. Yeah, yeah. When Ibiza, the dance floor was kind of at the back, and you had like a really long dance yeah, floor the other yeah, way. Yeah. yeah. So it was more vertical. And, and the, when I first went, it was no frills. It was black room, red lights, DJ booth right at, you go in, there's a bar and there's a DJ booth just as you go in the door. So they, they moved the DJ booth a couple of times, but it was just when you come in after the bar. And I got in there and I've never, I don't even know how to explain it, but the ex, the feeling that I got was like, I felt, I, this is, I belong here. This it, is me. He was playing? It was actually a, a breakbeat night. <laughs> okay. Which I've never been to since, yeah. but it was Plump DJs yeah. and Meet Katie. I don't know if you've heard of any no, of those guys. No, no. Oh my God. It's amazing, right? So we went there and I turned to my friend Sam at the time and I said, I'd just, I'd maybe been DJing for like a year, year and a half, just at home. Yeah, and yeah, I said, yeah. I'm going to fucking play you one day. And he just looked at me and he was like, fucking shut up and dance and just enjoy yourself. It's your birthday. Um, and I knew straight away then that was what I wanted to do. So I was looking at these DJs, right? I was looking in the booth and there was girls in there. They were smashing bottles of tequila, like from the bottle. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. all I saw was, that's it. That, yeah. that, that's, that's everything. That yeah, encapsulates yeah. the whole job, right? Yeah. You're the center of attention. Maybe when I was younger, I didn't get the attention I wanted. So I saw this person at the front who was almost like a god. He was on, mm. on a pedestal in a booth. He was surrounded by girls, free booze. The music was amazing. Everyone was like dancing and cheering towards them. That's all I thought it was. Mm. So from that age of 19, I've got this imprinted in my head that when you become a professional DJ, you get paid to go to a nightclub, to drink alcohol, yeah. to be surrounded by girls, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. play music loud, and that's it. Little did I know that that's probably the bit that I would have done for free. <laughs> Looking back, 
as 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 a career, I would have happily done the two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it was mm. set for the set. I would have done that for free. You're essentially getting paid as a professional DJ, in my opinion. You're getting paid for everything else. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're getting paid for the traveling, the yeah. being on your own, the yeah. jet lag, the hangovers, the being lonely in a hotel room, mm-hmm. um, the the abuse on your body, right? The, yeah. the the mental angst. Like, there's so much we'll go into, but that's what I thought when I to answer your question. I thought it was just all fun and games, mm. attention, booze, mm. fun, and that is probably 10% of what <laughs> actually if that of what <laughs> the job is how, that, yeah. how about you what did you think when um, you, well, how old were you when you first saw the, was there a moment where you can remember like that's yeah, what I want to yeah. fucking do mine was uh, I was a bit like I think I was like 24 23 um, we went to I think it was Fab- Fabric Marco Corolla it was because Liam my brother who I DJed with he was big into the rave scene but it was like dubstep so it was like scream and banger oh, right okay at fabric yeah. every friday even when he was living in south and he used to go down there first in last out first train back yes. to south and and uh, i was in the military at the time so i used to come down and occasionally i'd go with him and then he was like uh he started listening to corolla and he's like oh you know give this a listen i was like yeah this isn't too bad so then we went down to fabric to see him play and um, and that was it. Yeah, it was just a sickest set. I've, yeah, yeah. Off my chops on the beans. Um, and it was like the you know one of the best sets I'd seen. And that's sort of when I decided I wanted to learn to play. Um, oh, so you actually started le- wanting to learn after the experience? Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I, I, you know, it's quite hard to think back. You know, now after after all the abuse, it's like mm, <laughs> uh, to pinpoint it. But. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd watched Corolla and then we were like, yeah, we wanted to play because we were going to friends' houses who was DJing. And when we lived in South End, there was this like little click of DJs. And we used to go to this this night there called uh, the Sun Rooms. They used to do like once a month and it was really cool. There was like all the cool kids there and the DJs looked really cool and that. And that's sort of what I wanted to be a part of as well. I think definitely for the ego side of it, Um you know, and then I think, you know, most of us, I, I mean, I don't know what the kids are thinking now, but, you know, DJing always comes up, you know, what people think is... It's a status. Yeah, it is, status, yeah. yeah. You know, oh, you get all the, the drinks, the traveling, the girls and stuff like that, but, you know, that is a very small part of it. And also, it isn't even that. <laughs> so, like, you know, getting the girl... Let's just go back to getting the girl. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it never really happened. Like, nah, nah. In terms of... For me, and not as much as I thought it was going to. That's for sure. Um, you're usually too fucked to do anything yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and as soon as you finish, and that's it, then no one gives a fuck about you. And no. you turn around and you're like, "Oh, ladies, remember you, I was a DJ yeah. from earlier." And they're like, "Who?" You, <laughs> you come out with yeah. a booth. It's almost like there's this force field. You come out with a booth, yeah, yeah, and the next like, guy that the next guy that's on, they're just like, oh. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Um, but yeah, I, I think so. That's interesting that you. You wanted to aspire. You were aspiring to be a DJ after that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas for me, I I already started. I got the influences from a family member of mine who was a DJ, and so I'd start. I remember getting my first decks. I remember last time I didn't. I didn't even speak about this. Nah, but, nah, nah. I think there's the, still quite a lot to go in depth about well, for yourself. You know. Yeah, absolutely. But I got the CDJ 400s on tick. Ah, like 12, nice. tw- you know the little the first usb ones yeah 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 with the so, tight with the tiny wheels the tiny wheels blue light 
or yeah. red. I think they were red light. You can yeah. get a blue or red light. Um, the first USB ones, and I remember getting them. I had no money. I was working. Mm. I was working for Barclays at the time. I was working for the bank, and I was on like a really low wage for what I was doing. I can't remember. I might have been in corporate or the branch, but I was. I wasn't earning much money, and I think I, I got this like twelve hundred. Uh, quid loan with Barclays mm. were low rate but I got it over like three years and I was like this is so much to pay I was paying like 30 quid a month or something or 40 yeah, quid a month yeah, and I was yeah. like this is too much but I got it didn't have anywhere to put them so I had this t- this tiny little it wasn't even it was like a t- it wasn't even a TV stand it was about a foot high that's all I had to put put them on right so I got the flight case with it as well the flight case went on that, so given another few inches. And I used to, I was kneeling on the floor nice. on on pillows, mixing on the floor. That's how that's how I learned. So like when I remember when going back from Sankey's back home and just getting the decks on and just mixing. Yeah, yeah after like, you'd been out. After I'd been that out. That was the best time. Well, no, it, I, I'd come back from Manchester, so I lived in Newcastle at the time. Oh, fucking So hell. we'd been up all night. Yeah, got, got Yeah, got, got straight home. Someone, one of the mates is obviously designated driver, devastated. Yeah. Got us home, got straight on the decks, and I think I mixed for like 16 hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the most, at the time, I didn't want to do anything else. Mm. I was going to work to just pay off this fucking loan Mm -hmm. to go back and mix every night. Remember, my uncle was a, he's a producer as well, and he told me, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm digressing a little bit here, but he said, if you want to learn how to mix properly, choose two tunes and don't download any other music for like weeks. And that's all I did. What tunes were they? Do you remember? Yeah. It was uh, Ra Funk by Pryder. Do you remember that tune? Oh, it was such a good tune. And it was something like, um, oh, it was, I forgot the other one. It was, it'll come to me. But anyway, it was Ra, it was a Pryder tune and it was, it was something else. It was something like underground techno tune but i mixed those two tunes religiously for like weeks and weeks and weeks and i was made i was hooked just on these two tunes and because i could only use the two tunes i spent so much time on the effects now this little is it the djm 400 mm. had like six or seven effects on and i was just practicing and practicing and my uncle came around to check me out and he was like oh show me a few things and i was just on two tunes so i wasn't focused on tune hunting i was just focused on the effects and the mixing of these getting two that tunes. reverb right in yeah no but the getting the echo and like yeah, practicing yeah, yeah, yeah. getting the echo on and then knocking the filter out and getting it back in time mm. and all that stuff was just it was just it was fascinating to me so after that so i come back to that sankey's experience after that all i wanted to do was go to clubs and see DJs. I didn't really know anything about the artists I was going mm. to see. That that uh, event at Sankey's in Manchester was booked by a friend for my birthday as a surprise. Uh, okay. So, and at that point, I didn't really know anything about artists because I'd just been mixing these two fucking tunes yeah, for like yeah, weeks yeah, and weeks yeah. and weeks. Um, but anyway, that's that's how it started for me. And um, yeah, that 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 in, that vision of what it is to be a DJ was very skewed, mm-hmm. and I didn't find out till much later, which we'll come on to. Yeah. Um, but back back to back to what you were saying there. So, so how from that point, what kind of how did you progress into? Because obviously, you you guys did you and Liam did amazing. Mm. You know, moving to eventually get uh, signed to Watergate and all that stuff. We'll come on to that, but. What was the next step for you from that very, very early stage? Like, how did you, how did you go in from then, from Marco Corolla to then saying, "I want to do that." Yeah, how, yeah. What, what was that process like? 
So I think after that, then we started going out quite a bit and then we got our first set of decks. Uh, what were they, the decks? I can't remember what they were. Vinyl or CDG? Nah, CDG. I'd, I'd learned to play records later on in my career. Um, but uh, I, I will have to ask uh, ask Liam what they were. But I can't. They were just some. I think first we got like a little tractor one that you plug into the computer. Oh, they're awesome. The, yeah, the yeah, controllers. Yeah, but just they're, like a super cheap one. They're amazing. And then we got some CDJs. And uh, I remember ours was similar to yours. We had an ironing board in my living room. I did the ironing board <laughs> yeah, as well yeah, when, yeah. I, when I had friends round. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, so yeah. we had like a, yeah. a booth. Yeah. Yeah, the ironing board, the classic. Nothing wrong with an ironing no, board. No. And then, um, you know, so then it was like my vision of like being a DJ, being out in the crowd, you know, ups. I don't think I ever thought about like where it would lead or, you know, I don't think when I started, I ever thought it was going to, you know, end up traveling around the world and stuff like right. that. You know, I just thought we just wanted to play out. Just have fun. Yeah, anywhere, you know, just enjoy that party. And um, what we started doing is recording mixes and then sending them out. Like, I was spamming everyone and um, just like, hey, anyone I thought was anyone who had like a pair of headphones and the profile pic on Facebook, I would like message, inbox, hey, you know, we'd already chosen the Willis Brothers because it was, you know, obviously me and Liam and of brothers, course, so yeah. easy. Uh, I was like, oh, a mix that we've recorded, and and then and, and that was sort of it. Then you know that was sort of our in once we, you know, once we got that lucky break, which I think you know it talked about obviously on the, on the last uh, episode. But um, that was sort of our in then, you know, and that was the the break into the scene. Um, I've, I've got a really sorry to to jump in there, but on that tip about the sending demos out, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I told you this, but I got sacked. From my, my, luckily I got sacked because it was just before I went to uni to do music, but I got sacked from my job on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get sacked. I actually got told that I'm being suspended, but they were going to fucking sack me, right? I'm not going to say which company it was, um, but I got sacked because I was using the Franken machine. Do you know what a Franken machine? Is? Nah. So the company, I mean, assume this is how it works. A company buys a machine, which you then um, put envelopes through. So if they're sending 20, 30, 50, 100 envelopes out, or maybe even more each day, you don't have to go to the post office, buy a fuckload of stamps, and then put the stamps on. Mm. You just put an envelope through, and it digitally scans on their system how many scans you've done. So basically, every time you put an envelope through there, it charges you like six pence or 12 pence or whatever it was at the time for like a second class stamp. So it basically stamps your letter in your office. Ah, okay, okay. So what I would do is exactly what you, it's so funny when you said that, I said, I've got it, I've got to jump in there. I would go on Facebook and I would find out all the promoters in the UK, promoters, um, people who are running parties, people who I saw selling tickets, everyone, right? And I'd go on Facebook, jump in the DMs. Hey, my name's Jackie. I've got a new mix. I even made fucking artwork for it and yeah, all sorts. Tech house bangers. Here we go. I had Jackie Jack Morn, and it was it had like rockets coming out. It was all black and white. <laughs> we'll get it up at some point. <laughs> and then I'd get I'd I'd print off the the front of this cover for the the mix mm. with their ink. So obviously I was using their ink. Uh, okay, hundreds okay. a month, hundreds. So maybe maybe fifty to hundred a month probably. And I then frank all the letters. So I'd frank a fuckload of letters. So you're sending letters out? Yeah, no, like pack yeah, packages, like letters like this big yes. with a CD in <laughs> in a plastic oh, with a plastic gosh. case with the front cover with a little note of who I am and what I've done. 
and where I've played. Wow. Who do you have used to write who you supported? So like, oh, oh, yeah, I played yeah, yeah. at Sankey's yeah. in the bar at yeah, half yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I played a digital in Newcastle. My mum and dad were there. <laughs> <laughs> so basically did that and then they found out. Or, and did, then, you, did you get any bookings from that? Did you I, get any replies? I got the Sankey show. Oh, I, that's I how you got... So okay. I, got, I got a gig at Sankey's. That's the guy, the guy got back man. to me and said, right, you can play at Sankey's. It's at four o'clock in the morning. It was the night before my mum was going to get remarried. Oh, shit. Right? So I said to my mum, I'm sorry. I know you're getting married, <laughs> yeah, but I'm fucking playing Sankey. Yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to play this for like two years. Priorities. So, but you've got to sell 50 tickets. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, I'm yeah. in Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anyone in Manchester, right? So I put a fucking bus on Yeah. with 50 people. Nice. It was for like, a, it was, a, um, who was playing? Jason, what's his name? Classic housey, Jason Bai. Jason Bai. Do you know, for some reason, all I was thinking about was Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not Jason Derulo. Jason Bai and some other locals. But I sold for 20 quid a ticket for like an no, all right yeah, act. Yeah. I would, you know, now you pay like 15, 20 quid for like a, a, a night in, in Ibiza, right? This was like 20 quid for a normal night, right? No offense, mm. Jason Bai, but for 20 quid, this is years ago. This is 2000, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2000, I can't remember when it was. But yeah, I sold 50 tickets. I put a two minibuses on. Nice. Um, but yeah, basically, I got that through getting sacked at a job. Yeah, yeah. So in my eyes, that was probably fucking worth it. To be fair, if I got a letter through the post, I wonder if anyone even still does that now. Like, I no wonder how... A le- what? A, a letter? Ever, yeah. If, yeah ever. If, you got, if you got a letter through the post <laughs> and someone's mixtape, I'd, I'd fucking go out and buy a CD player just to listen to it. I think. Ah, well, that's dedication. Yeah, mate. but... It was CDs then. Yeah, that's yeah, well, that's what I mean. My, yeah. that's that's dedication. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, is I probably it... cost them. Hundred, I, pro- I mean, how much is a how much is a first class stamp? I was thinking that. I'd have no idea. Um, no, a pound is it? Fuck knows. It's you know. It's not, just, just... But uh, ten years ago, you're talking ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I was probably I was twenty. No, more. Thirteen years ago. Fourteen years ago. That, you know, it's another question. It's completely off topic, but. You know they, they they do that to like try and catch out the prime minister. Like, how much is a loaf of bread? Oh, how much is mi- a pint of milk? I have yeah. no fucking idea. Like, I couldn't tell you how much a pint of milk is. Well, but do you buy milk? Nah. Well, then why the fuck would you know? Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. Just how that just that question. A loaf of bread is like if it's a product. So my my tip on this is if you actually use the product. So if you use milk, you yeah, should yeah. fucking know. Ah, uh, then you should know. Yeah, okay. Someone like the Prime Minister, someone who is not going to go to Sainsbury's on a Sunday to his fucking big shop, yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. struggle to name the price of anything because yeah, okay. he's too busy. That's true, yeah. Um, Shut me down there. Yeah. <laughs> we digress again. Anyway, yeah, right. So, <laughs> well, then, let's look at your notes. Yeah. <laughs> look at his notes. <laughs> he just doesn't even say anything, say just in anything, case I need no. something. Yeah, um, just, yeah, just a couple of scribbles. Yeah. We said we were going to write something down so we look <laughs> professional. It looks professional, but he just says what the fucking title is. <laughs> there's, so. like a, there's two arrows on there. Just follow the arrows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Follow, the, follow the arrows. Yeah, so uh, the ups and downs. Anyway, so that's how... Um, that was that was your that was, the, that was the start for both of us. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting um, that... that um, I just find it so interesting how every, like a lot of my friends who are still into the scene now mm. who religiously go clubbing. Yeah, yeah. They've got we've all got very similar stories. Yeah. And then absolutely. you have I don't know what you think about this, but you always you kind of have two groups. They kind of split off into two. 
you have a group of people who want to be on that side of the booth mm. and you have which is the dj side yeah, and yeah. you have a group of people who don't give a fuck about being or never have given a fuck yeah. about being in the booth they just want to dance yeah and um, they just want to be on the dance floor and I was so I was never the person who wanted to be on the dance floor. No, I mean ever. I wanted well too awkward. <laughs> You're a bad dancer. Well too self. I, 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 I think I'm just well too. Well, I mean, I was. I ha, you know, I'm not. I haven't been on the dance. Floor I don't for think a while, I've ever seen you dance. I know we didn't spend much time in clubs, but I've been. Nah, to, like, I've been to a couple of parties with you. Yeah, well, and I've stood. I've seen you stand with a bottle of beer really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like solidly. Solid, like, like good stance. Yeah, but I've never seen you move. No, I don't know way. actually if I can. I'm, t I'm, I'm t I was definitely too self-conscious back then. Um, I, I mean, I probably still am now. You know, I think good that, dance. Dan, yeah. I, what about Liam? Was Liam a good dancer? He was, a, he was a raver. Liam was proper, uh, proper. He so was, like both sides of the, the booth. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he was, he was definitely a raver. Um, you know, first in, last out every. That's men. Yeah, every week. So I've got a couple of friends like that, but I just find it really interesting how. Some people gravitate towards the, the 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 DJ booth side, and I don't know whether this is just a theory of mine. I don't know whether there's any truth in it, but for me personally, I I wanted the attention. I don't know whether there was a, a lack of attention when I was younger. I was the oldest of three. My brother and sister are very similar in age. Mm. I'm a little bit older. There was always a bit of a divide there. Um, my dad worked away when I was younger. My mum was so busy trying to go to uni and stuff. I don't know whether, and this is no knock on my parents or anything, you know. Mm. You know, they did a great job, but at the same time, as a human being, we we kind of we crave attention in some way. Yeah. yeah. Some people get it really early in life. Some yeah. people don't get as much as they want. And I don't know whether for me, and I've I've tried to contextualize this for so long, and just trying to put it in, put it into context. Sorry, is is I think for me. I, I crave that attention. When I was the one in the booth mm. and people were putting their hands up in the air when I was playing my tune, or not even my tune, any tune, when it a big drop, and like, there's no, there was no better feeling for me. But what, what about when you're not playing though? Where would you be? In the booth as well? Because I, I just found, for me, I was in the booth because it was easier to do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, like, that's, that's where... You well, I, it was, for me, it was either... <laughs> doing the gear in the booth or doing the gear in the green room yeah green room because yeah, you're out the way so as soon as I finish my set yeah. I'd be like right fucking let's go green room let's, yeah. get, let's get a little bit fucked and then yeah. we can come back down chill in the booth because that's where the drinks are yeah. so my rider wasn't maybe quite finished I've still got half a bottle of yeah, tequila whatever. there yeah, yeah, yeah. and so the guy before has left half a bottle of grey gear yeah. because mine's gone I'll just come down, down here I'll mm. smash a couple of sh shots in and then I'll go back to the green room yeah. I, when I was when, when I first started I did like to go to the dance floor yeah. straight after my set and I think the reason yeah, is because like, everyone like... knew <laughs> Yeah, you me. just finished playing. I yeah, just finished yeah. playing. High I five, and, and I, I was on. I think in my head, I was, I was lying to myself, thinking this is me. I want to be on the dance floor now. But there was mm. also an element of people know who I am. I'm going to get loads of high well, fives. It's ego, isn't it? It's ego. Yeah, and I think that, that that's one thing that I still struggle with now. Speaking to not not everyone in the industry, but a lot of people in the industry is just the ego. Like I, I really notice it even more now. Like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still got work to do myself but um first of all it just reminds me of like how bad i must have you know must have been back in the day and then just speaking to people now and just seeing that 
that sort of toxic ego come through and I think maybe you're a bit hard on yourself you know maybe you know you you've just mentioned a few times there that you you know you you were self-conscious about the dancing yeah yeah but you know maybe I know you know when everyone does coke you get I'm, I'm talking about cocaine I'm not talking about coke <laughs> no, no. when when people do cocaine they tend to get a boost in confidence right which yeah, doesn't yeah, help absolutely. the ego um but maybe what do you mean when you say you, you, you've you now, when you see it from the other side, when you see the people's ego being a player, what sort of um, attributes are you talking about? What sort of things um, good, in other people? Yeah, good see? question. I think, I mean, just obviously, I think a lot of it from my point of view, I'm seeing that ego in the terms of not being able to change. Do you know what I mean? Okay. As in like their way is right. Yeah, I, I'm, I speak to a lot of people in, in the, the sort of health capacity now, you know, health and fitness and people trying to improve their life. And, and I always find a lot of the bigger DJs that I talk to, again, not all of them, uh, but some of them are really unable to take any sort of um, point of view or change or criticism or, you know, or just try something different. Even constructive criticism. Yeah, criticism. yeah, okay. just due to the fact that, you know, they've been, you know, massive DJs for so long and I think that you know obviously it hits your ego every time doesn't it so then being told you know by someone else that what you're doing right now probably isn't the right way to go about something I think that always takes a hit uh, and I think I was very similar you know I got a, I you know looking back now at the advice that I got when I was you know a DJ I didn't see it as that I saw it as more like as a personal attack yeah you know, but if I'd listened a lot of the time, especially like in when I was in Berlin, so some of the people that were speaking to me, reaching out to me, giving me advice, um, you know, it, it would have made my career probably a lot better. You know, it would have it would have definitely helped. But at the time I was like, whoa, don't tell me what to do. I know best sort of thing, you know. Um, who are those people who were reaching out and saying these things? Is it like your manager, your agent, um, friends? Or? Yeah, just people in the industry. Uh, I think we'll come on to that in terms of, of names. But, you know, a lot of people that I was working quite closely with, um, I mean, I mean, obviously for them, it benefited them as well. You of course. Know what I mean, it wasn't just like a completely selfless act, but, you know, they could see that my, um, you know, that my drug use at the time was not, you know, it was not benefiting them or me, you know, so, yeah. um, but I think that comes on to, you know, the ups and downs. Like, I think let's start talking about maybe we'll start on a high. Yeah. Like some of the ups of your DJ career, like what were the high points, you know, what were the expectations? What was the reality? And then also like, what can people expect? Especially like if there's any up and coming DJs listening to this, like, you know, Starting with the ups, like what can they sort of expect from from a career? Well, first first of all, I know we we talk, we are going to be talking quite a lot, um, not in a negative way about the the career because the and we are going to go into the highs now. But to any aspiring DJs listening to this, anyone who's even thinking about that sort of career, fucking go for yeah, it. Too, right, yeah, too It's fucking. It it's one of. It's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I wouldn't change one thing. Yeah. Even though we're going to go into the downs, the the highs were amazing. I mean, mm. where do I start? Um, maybe the first, the first the, high, the first mm. time you felt like, you know, the first up, you was like, yeah, I'm a DJ. I 
probably would say, well, the first time I was a DJ, I work, I actually still worked at Barclays Bank, okay? And there was a guy, I think I was 20, 21, and I'd been DJing for like two years, just at home. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to play out, but no one wants to give you a slot. No, unless not, you, not unless you sell them 50 tickets. Or sell them tickets, or yeah, yeah. unless you know someone who knows someone who knows someone. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's such a cliche thing, but... Yeah, it is who you know. At the start, it yeah. really is. If you know someone who owns a club or runs a night or is mm. a promoter, you're going to get an even in. a warm-up slot and in, a foot mm. in the door, whatever. I didn't know fucking anyone. I was just this 21-year-old lad who worked for the bank. You know, I didn't have any friends in that world. So I got together with a friend called James, and he and I put a party on at a club called Bar Beyond in um, in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And no, it was, we didn't know anyone, so it was just for pa- basically people on our floor at work, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We called it Reloop. We put the picture of... Uh, of a CDJ 1000, which is the ones at the time, the oh, big nice. chunky ones. It was like the the orange and the green light. It was really cool artwork we did ourselves on Microsoft PowerPoint, I believe. And we had friends come and I had these head candy headphones with like bullets in, it was all fucking corny. And we had maybe 25, 30 people come down. We told the bar, we're like, we're gonna get people in. It's a Thursday night or was it Wednesday night? You're gonna have any like a normal footfall tonight. So mm. we'll do it on a Wednesday where you're not going to have any normal business. They weren't even going to open that floor. Yeah, yeah. So we had like 30 people come from work and they were all on the dance floor. I'm talking, there's, there's probably like, like maybe a 300 capacity venue. Mm-hmm. So with 30 people, maybe 40 on the dance floor, it was pretty quiet, but I felt like a fucking DJ and I got the best buzz. And from that point forward, I knew that, that this was me. Mm. I was 21, ran a party for work. It was a, basically a work party, yeah, yeah, but an yeah. unofficial work party. And at that point, I knew, I know that doesn't sound like much because I went on to do crazy things, mm. but that moment of me being in a club with no one telling me what to do, I can play whatever tunes that I want, yeah, yeah. Um, full control, people dancing, looking at me, yeah. getting that attention that maybe I was desiring from mm. some, some inner you know, in a longing for it, but whatever. Um, I felt amazing. And from that point, I was like, that's it. So then after that, I mean, I don't really know the, the next the next point because there was so many things yeah, I did. I yeah. tried parties. I was flying around. I played a local night in, in the Northeast um, at a little place called, there was a really cool place called um, Audio, which was a, just local lads in a village where I'm from, in Crook. Um, Andrew and Mark, they put a night on it. It was the biggest, it was the only dance music event once a month. Mm. And it was a, it was in a pub, but all, it, there was nothing else around there unless you went to Newcastle, which was a 45 minute drive away. Yeah, yeah. And I played there. And again, like I've played the biggest party in my village. This yeah. is crazy, yeah. right? Again, there's another one. But all these milestones, uh, these these things that I thought would weren't possible at the start, mm. right? Even play even a party that I put on for thirty people, incredible, playing a warm up slot at the, the the village where I'm from, like local night. That was incredible. Yeah. Then you go on like further and further. But for me, the the first real big milestone for me was probably Elro. Yeah. I'm going fast forwarding quite a lot. It seems like that's quite a big jump there. But if I keep going like this, we could be talking for 45 <laughs> minutes about all the, all the highlights. Yeah, yeah. But the very start, it, it, we're very small. But it doesn't. It's all about your perception, right? Yeah. And how? But how did that? Like, how did that feel? How was that first feeling? 
that first up as a DJ, like how can you describe that feeling? It's gonna be a fucking hard work. Well, isn't yeah. It? Um, I was almost emo. I was emotional. Yeah. Very yeah. emotional. Yeah. I used to sweat quite a lot. Like I still do sweat, but I was probably a little bit less healthy then. So when I was 2021, 20, I came off the decks and I would always have to have a spare t-shirt. This is no joke. So I was, don't laugh. <laughs> it, don't laugh, I'm self-conscious about it. <laughs> it's not, it's not, very not. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't know. I might just. Where did you, where did you put that in your bag? I'm joking. So I, I would bring a bag. Yeah, yeah. Headphones and my CD, oh, well, big bag of CDs. Yeah, remember the course, UDG yeah, case? yeah, USB. And UD, the UDG yeah, thing. UDG, yeah, yeah. And I would bring a spare t-shirt. And I'd come off those two gigs. I remember coming off both same of them. colour though the t-shirt. Oh no, completely different t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, what? I had like four yeah. t-shirts yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was like twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. So I come off absolutely ecstatic. People, people coming up to you at that point. Oh my god, that was amazing! Yeah, yeah, high fives yeah, round. High fives, yeah. Let's have a shot. I've got yeah. you a drink. Can we like? Yeah. It was so for me. I, I would just say emotional. I would actually be emotional afterwards because. That that attention for me was priceless. Yeah, because I'm just I'm quite interested to see uh, if like if any up and coming DJs listen to this. Like, how did they get their first? Like, how are people getting their first gig now, and how is that feeling for them? Oh, you know compared I mean? to how yeah, we compared had to, comp- to and then obviously when when we have guests and we're, we're asking that same question to people who probably did it 10, 20 years before us because. It'd be interesting to see how like that generation has changed, changed especially nowadays with like instant gratification. Like, I wonder if DJs, first of all, how are they getting that first gig, and then secondly, like, how are they still feeling? Do you know what I mean? The like, same. That, the same. Well, do you know? Do you know what I find? I think probably the, the process is in terms of a timeline. I've spoke to artists who are maybe 10, 15 years older than me, mm. who I, I now know well, and they probably, no, no, not probably, they went out to clubs with not even a didn't have cds they go out to clubs and they would stay next to the booth and they yeah. just they meet want to meet people yeah yeah they have to meet networking, the person yeah, network yeah. networking yeah, yeah. but that was that was what it was like right yeah, yeah. for us it was less contact right so we were still speaking on social media platforms yeah. but we were sending demos out yeah yeah now i, I was still there i was still going I, we were going to uh, Egg every week, I think, before we yeah, got, yeah. So. But before, before, so there you go. There was still an inkling still a that. little bit, yeah, yeah. But now, for me, I, I, you see the parties that are on. They're in most of the parties now are like fifteen headliners. It's sixty quid a ticket. Yeah, people aren't going to stand by the booth. You know, there's the. I don't know what the rate of clubs are now that have closed, but yeah, there's so yeah, small yeah. clubs. You know, five six hundred capacity clubs yeah. are fucking dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah. So just going to a club to network is not as easy as uh, it used to be. And I wonder if they still did the the. the I, mean, I don't know why I say I'm wondering. This would be fucking so easy to find out, which I will find. We out. will find out. Yeah, we will get the facts on this show. Yeah, um, but you know, for the selling tickets, and it's funny because mine was exactly the same. Yeah, how about you? It was very similar, actually. I'm I'm trying to pinpoint the very first gig. Um, again, luckily I took notes. Fucking uh, <laughs> 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 notes, man. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, uh, mate. Because um, again, this is this this information would have been easy for me to get. But um, yeah, again, I think very small gig. Just well, I tell you what, let's go. Let's go to the egg. How long were you DJing before? Because oh, I knew you guys were very yeah. very uh, regular at the egg yeah, in London. Yeah, second most listed DJs there. 
There's, well, you knew that fact. Oh, yeah, fucking, fucking no, hell. That's the, yeah, but that's a that's a Christmas one. Uh-huh. Yeah, have you heard of the egg? Yeah, yeah, second remote. <laughs> DJ, just in case. Um, okay, so how long was it bef- since you were DJing yeah, not, the egg? Okay, not too long. Okay, well, let's there. use your first gig of the egg then. How did that feel? So that was, yeah, that was selling tickets. So yeah. that was um, sending a mix out. Someone called Lewis, he gave us our first real break and we had to do a DJ competition. I'm sure it was in Vauxhall on a Wednesday when, we, you know, we won the competition, but what we didn't know is then you got to sell the tickets. We yeah, yeah. Same. We were only living in South End, so coming up to London wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a Newcastle to Manchester, but we did the same. 50 people sold the tickets. You got like £5 cut. Oh, yeah, you, you get a cut. Yeah, yeah you get I a remember cut. That. Yeah, yeah, it was like 20 quid a ticket um, or 15 quid, you get five quid, yeah. whatever it was, and we brought loads of people and we played in the loft at Egg. And... Um, and it was fucking unreal, mate. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Just it was. Describe the. Was it emotional? Was it exciting? The was thing it... is, it was hard because I'm pretty sure I was. I think I'd started started doing gear by that point, so I think I probably had a um, you know a fair few lines and a fair few drinks in me. But it was um, it was great. Yeah, I just thought this is it, isn't it? You know, I, the thing is, you know, when you talk about like that, the ops and stuff, like I never thought it would have gone any further. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Were you, were you would have been happy if you were just cruising at Egg, playing each Friday? Well, yeah, but you get to that point. Yeah, I was for you a period of time. Okay. Yeah, it was for... And then you start thinking, oh, actually, ah, yeah. Eyes light up. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's pretty much how it was. Like that first gig at Egg was... Yeah, it was great. And I, I remember because when we was in South End, like that for us was such a big step as well. Because I think we played a couple of local gigs and a few bars and stuff like that. But to actually play at Egg, which was like one of the clubs we wanted to so early on, that sort of, you know, I think then we started to think, yeah, actually, like, you know, we're, we're not too bad at this. Um, <laughs> so you've, you're very, you're very um, modest about that. Like, see where for me, I was like, I can fucking do what he's doing. Yeah. I remember going around Hartlepool, a place in the northeast, going into pubs. I went into like a Lloyd's and I went to the bar. Can I speak to the manager? I just went to Hartlepool in my car. Yeah. I've been in this pub before and I went, can I speak to the manager? And he came out. This is just a normal pub playing pop music. And I, I went and I went, I can do what he's doing. I'll, I'll charge you half price. <laughs> Did you? To get a gig. And he told me to fuck off, yeah. but I was I was super confident that this is what I wanted to do. Whereas for you, you you obviously rose to success as just as well, but you seem to be a lot more comfortable with just like let's just see where this goes. Yeah, I think I was saying that I was still on point. Like I was messaging everyone all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was similar when I was working. I was working for Essex University as like a health advisor for students, yeah? Most pointless job ever because no fucking students want to know about their health and fitness. Nah. And all I would do is I'd just sit at the computer messaging people nonstop, you know? But I, I, I was very on point with that. And I think that is, I, I love that, you know, in terms of any any career, you know, especially in music. Hustling, man. Yeah, it's hustling. hustling. I love yeah. that side yeah. of it. Just like, um, you know, something I'll talk about now, like the career that I'm at now, like, you know, that, that, that hustling phase, I absolutely love it. Um, 
yeah, but but then I didn't think I don't think I'd really envisage, envisaged how far it could have gone. Like I don't think that was ever something that I looked at and thought, yeah, I want to be I want to be living in Berlin. Like you know, at the time I was just like when I started playing at Egg, I thought that was it. You know what I mean? I That's thought, amazing because you fucking you both smashed it. You got signed to like the best label for you guys. In, yeah, yeah. In in, in Berlin, yeah. you moved out there, mm. and you guys killed it. So, like I just find it amazing that you guys are just so, I don't want to say laid back because you were saying you were hustling like fuck. Yeah, yeah. But, but you, were, you you never had that vision of like, I'm going to be fucking where he is. No, it was, it was all, it was, it was just, it just sort of fell in. Do you know what I mean? It's natural. Like, it was yeah, natural. it was natural. Like at the time when I started DJ and I still was super fitness focused, like I still really thought that was going to be my career. You know what I mean? It wasn't until we started playing Egg did I see, you know, okay, actually there's more ups to be had here. Yeah. Um, uh yeah so so i think like just get, like the ops we can continue with but then i think let's just talk about when when did you face your first low in the music career like we'll come back to ops but i think you know how far was it into you know the career when you had your first like oh shit moment this is a moment which i know this straight away i don't even need to think about this this moment i think stuck with me f for the rest of my career now, to other people who were involved in this, I'm not going to mention any names, but um, w and, uh, just to give it some context, context, um, when this happened, it was for these people who were involved and, and said the things they said about me, I don't think it really meant, it, it wasn't, it didn't have the, imp they didn't think it had the impact that it did. It was like an off-the-cuff comment mm. on social media. But for me, it stuck with me after that, and I feel like that affected my, psychology and career the whole way through so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it i was playing a very popular night in um manchester mm -hmm. really big party i won't mention the party he's not there's no need to mention names but i got a video taken from my manager who was there posted it i did an edit of two or three tracks like a mashup thing and it went off it was great right the video was class someone commented on that video to say that can't believe they're letting people play their shit at X party, right? Um, and then on Twitter, it went off really, really badly. And, and and I don't even use Twitter. I had Twitter, but I never used it. Yeah, yeah. And then a, another really big brand, one of the biggest brands now who record artists playing with people all around them. I won't mention who. They commented and said, "There's someone commented and said, it would be great to see him play at this thing. And that that those those guys replied and said, replied back saying this guy will never fucking play for us what i want to get i want to find out who I'll that tell is you afterwards. After. i'm not going to mention it but <laughs> it really got to me At what year was this 2017 so i was i'd signed to defected in 2016 i was two years i was playing elro and defected i was i was kind of really rising through the ranks okay yeah 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 this is my first debut show at this big party <laughs> And um, this big brand on Twitter had said... Fuckers, aren't they, man? And then, obviously, as soon as they said it, that because was... they they have yeah, thousands yeah, of yeah, followers, yeah, yeah. they all liked it and commented, uh. who the fuck's this joker? People who hadn't even heard of me were commenting. So from that point on, right, I got... I, I kind of leaned into my alcohol and, and drug taking mm. when I was going to gigs. So my, my venom was ketamine, right? Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. coke now and again, but ketamine for me was like a... It used to it numb me to a point where mm. it was almost for me having a line of cat was like having a beer, 
And I know that sounds mad to people who've never taken maybe ketamine or, or yeah, drugs. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the music underground underground music scene, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it, and it's there's very n- normalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I was going to gigs, I was getting very self conscious. What about after you, this event? After yeah. this event, because ah, okay, okay, I'd yeah. done this, I'd gone out outside the box, I did something. Also, can I just fucking add the video is awesome and it went off. Have you still got it? Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll send oh, you mate, after. It'd be good to maybe even get that up. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to go there because oh. the people involved will, you know, they know who they are. I don't want to mention names. But anyway, what I'm saying is, after that moment, I real I started to be very self-conscious about my mm. sets, yeah, and because yeah, yeah. I was doing that, I was going to gigs. Before I was getting to the gig, I was already pissed. Yeah, I was yeah, going yeah, to yeah. the artist meal, getting whatever I wanted to eat, but like drinking fucking loads of cocktails, going back to the hotel room still getting fucked in the hotel room, going to the gig. And this was, like I was saying about the cat, it was numbing me. It was numbing my thought process and Mm. also dampening down the the self-conscious psychology I had because of that event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that 2018, 19, that had continued on. So every time I go to a gig, I was the guy who... So this is where the Jackie persona really, you know what I mean? That, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, you know, the, the, the Jackie, the... The the one that like we all knew sort yeah. of thing in that. Pro- uh, most yeah. likely, 2017 was a was a really pivotal moment for me. Mm. What I was trying to say at the start was to give it context. I don't think the people involved knew. really meant knew what really meant any malice. Like the not, the brand who did comment, they did. But yeah. the people who were just like, who's letting this guy play? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like an off the cuff comment. Yeah, it was just like trolls. In Tro- it. it was it's just, just fa- keyboard warrior yeah, shit. Like, yeah. They didn't really th- sit there and go, I'm going to fuck Jackie's yeah, yeah, psychology yeah, up for yeah. the next four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really did affect Fucking me. I know, but I don't think it, I wasn't thinking about that moment. I was yeah. just more self conscious about the tracks I was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are the crowd like responding to this well? Yeah. And what should, I, what, what should my last tune be? What should mm. my opening tune be? Yeah. Because the opening tune that I played going forward, I always got worried about if, because if I didn't get a big response off the opening tune, mm. I'd get flashbacks of that moment, right? So yeah, from that yeah. point, that was probably a low point for me. And that had a really big domino effect going forward. Because mm. it's funny you say that actually about the, the social media. Like social media, we, we we weren't really that good at it anyway when we was DJ, especially in Berlin, like there was never any Think videos. And, yeah, so there's no videos anyway. But I, I do say this to some people sometimes, like um, one of my close friends quite big gets like a bit of trolling. Do you know what I mean? And I just said, you know, our haters are going to hate. But it's interesting to hear you, you know, say that. Because okay, <laughs> like, again, I know it's not from when I was a DJ, but someone commented on one of my posts the other day and he just put, he put shit cap, <laughs> turkey teeth, what a melt. <laughs> And I was like, I didn't even get my teeth in Turkey, cunt. I got them done in London. <laughs> That's amazing. But I just commented a laughing face, but... Um, You've but, got yeah. to let those... Key- See, now... Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Like now, two questions are like now, how would you have felt about it? And then number two, like how can like people in the scene, especially up and comers, like deal with like, you know, how would you deal with that now? And how would you you know, what would be your advice to any up and comers who face something like that? Because I think like trolling and stuff is fucking, it's, 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 it's outrageous. It's even worse now. Do you know what I mean? Than it was back then. I'm probably sure some cunt's going to message you. 100%. Yeah, you say you cheap as shit. So anyway, and I'm wearing another shit cap. Oh, fuck's <laughs> sake. Next time, no cap. Right. Uh, 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, so, um, yeah. so, in terms of how I would deal with it now, I have got i think because of my sobriety yeah from this yeah, year yeah. i'm clearer i'm mm. more confident in myself i'm still very don't get me wrong i'm still self-conscious we all are to some degree to some degree of course, yeah. i'm better than i was yeah i think as humans we're always healing right yeah, um, yeah and um, we're always going to be healing no matter how much you know mindfulness we do or whatever yeah. but in terms in terms of how i how i dealt with it then was like you said before, it was a person. I mean, obviously, it was a personal attack. But that person was just listening to a tune that I played, right? Yeah, yeah. They were attacking me, but it was the tune. Tune, yeah, yeah. It's not even your. It was. It was it your tune? No, it was. Yeah, a, well, it there was we go. A, yeah. It was a mix of like three, like a, a vocal of someone that everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. And then another artist's tune that everyone knows. It was uh, like a bit of a mashup, mashup. edit. Uh, it was. Okay. It was. It was. It was all right. It wasn't fucking anything special, but it was. It was perfect, and it was apt for the area that I was playing in. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So again, so, all this someone who's looking at that is taken completely out of context. Completely. Anyway, yeah. yeah so yeah. at the time, I looked at it as a really personal attack. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, I thought that my self worth was fucking like mm. everyone, and also because that because that brand commented. Yeah. My my head my thought process was everyone in the world is seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yeah, not true. Yeah. There was a lot of people seeing it then, but not everyone in the world was seeing it. But no. I was very very defensive about it. I took it very personally. And it was a, I saw it as a personal attack. Mm. If I had the same thing happen today, it would. I think the initial reaction is probably the same. I don't think, no matter how much work I've done on myself, I think the initial initial feeling would probably still be this is an attack. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. now I probably, I don't. What you think of me doesn't affect me. No. However, whatever your thought thoughts are about me, whatever I do, whether it's something I do in my personal life, or you know, if I. Say like just I I don't know I played a sport that you thought was fucking shit right mm. and you told me that I don't give a fuck like yeah. I'm I like that sport yeah. I've done that sport for ten years you don't like it you don't have to like it yeah. it's not an attack on me I feel like that's where I am now but you're talking 2017 eight nine you're talking seven years ago six seven years ago that's a lot a long mad to think that in it two seven years ago two it's fucking it's like Jesus I know it's crazy but um I I just think um. I'm 34 now. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit older. I like to think I'm a little bit wiser. wiser. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit. But going back to the sobriety thing I touched on before, that's 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 going to play a massive part. part. Yeah, I completely agree. When you're on a come down from drugs or you're just hungover from alcohol, 
there's a, I don't know what it's called, but even alcohol on its own, there's a chemical imbalance that happens the day or two after, which mm. is a hangover is essentially alcohol withdrawal, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a chemical process in our brain which is out of out of whack, out of balance. Yeah. And you know you get that feeling about even though you've not done anything wrong, so you've gone out and you've had six or seven pints, and you come you get up the next day, you have this like feeling of guilt that you've said something, even though you remember all the night. <laughs> you have yeah. that guilt or the anxiety. Normally I had though. That's the thing. Fucking no, because you went in. Yeah, mate, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm talking to the wrong person. Here, <laughs> I need to know my audience. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um. That process of of feeling guilt and angst and mm. all that stuff, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Whereas before, at, in 2017, my life was two, three gigs a week, mm. sometimes four flights in a weekend. Nice. Um, fucking awesome, yeah. but constantly hungover, yeah, constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. on a come down. Yeah. I'd come back from the gigs on a Sunday. I'd have Monday, Tuesday, where, and it was a Monday. Mm. So it was the Monday I got that tweet. So I posted it on the, the Saturday. The worst day. The worst day. Or Tuesday was the worst day. Yeah, Tuesday. Suicide Tuesday. Yeah, Monday is still... Monday is still pretty... Yeah, still buzzing, man. Still <laughs> off your head. Oh, still up. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got all those chemical imbalances in your brain, your body start, you're still feeling the, the effects of the weekend. I haven't got that now. So that mm. would probably be more of a water off a duck's back, but yeah. at the time it really affected me. Yeah, I I I would definitely agree. I think a couple of things is yeah, don't be doing the drugs and the alcohol. You know, I mean, like everyone loves to party, but you you've got to keep that in moderation because that will affect your mental health. You know, I don't care what anyone says. No. I, I hear people say, "Oh, the alcohol, the drugs, they don't affect me." It's like they fucking do. 100%, you 100%. know, people that say that um they make I used to do it I'd make excuses for myself oh yeah fuck me well, you, it was never the, it was never the cocaine's fault for me oh <laughs> uh, no no way it's no, not that what are you on about well, that's not that's not the reason I've got no money I'm not getting enough <laughs> gigs um, shouting at your manager yeah yeah. the the other thing as well is that I think it's um, it's about being true to yourself which you know what I mean like especially when we're talking about music I think for, for me personally my career like how it started to go down i think for me personally not just like the you know all the politics and and the drama that I was causing and the drugs but was just when i stopped being true to the music that i actually really liked and wanted to represent i think yeah. when i was trying to do something different and i think you know if you stay true to the music that you want to play and and the scene that you want to go down then comments like that you know really irrelevant because as long as you know you're doing what you want to do then who cares at the end of the day do you know what i mean the, the, yeah on that tip as well i can't remember where i read it i think it was in the, that book i'm talking about the c the diary of a ceo oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. he's talking about it from a marketing perspective yeah but he talks about being a, dis a disruptor in the market um and haters now if you have people hating on you it usually means you're doing something fucking yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, too right. Because no, no one hates down, do they? Do you know what I mean? No, Never. If if you're doing shit stuff, no one's gonna comment and say that's shit because it's shit. Point, yeah, because we know it's shit. Yeah. If yeah. you're doing something good, it's usually to do with envy or yeah, jealousy. Yeah, yeah, too right. And th so that hate is usually good, but again, interpreting it like that when you're not yeah. in the right state that of mind, is difficult, yeah. is, it's not difficult. Yeah. It's sometimes fucking impossible. Yeah. So basically if anyone says this podcast is shit now, we'll just, we will just take that as, as, as it's good. So 
constructive yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know actually just on books i see um i see you got the 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 war of art is it or the art of yeah, war my is wife's actually reading it really good speak. isn't it really i, I forgot to mention that to you the other day actually i see uh i see you had it on the uh on the bedside there so um, the war of art and the other one stephen pressfield does yeah, is good is turning pro yeah, yeah, which yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. They kind of yeah, go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. Amazing books. Yeah, yeah, I like Stephen Pressfield. Um, so for, I'm, I'm going to try and... I've just been trying to think there, like, what was the, the, the sort of first down that I really ever had? Um, Before I, you do that, yes. I'm going to be really cheeky. Go on. Can I go off for a quick piss? Go on, mate. Let me yeah. cut. Yeah. Back in two cut, minutes. Yeah. Right? yeah, nice. I'm going to have a nice, refreshing tenzing. What time is it anyway? It's uh, twenty oh, past one. Yeah, sorry. I'm just thinking for the uh, the caffeine intake. I'm trying. I'm um, I'm not having any more caffeine. I feel like I've had a. You've had two, how many? You had two and I'm in a coffee. Two and I had a flat white before I got here. You're gonna be flying, mate. <sighs> I try. I've, I have been trying to. I try and cut off caffeine at like two o'clock in I the do afternoon. I do twelve, mate. Yeah, twelve is. But that I do notice when I cut it off earlier. When I cut it off from twelve, it's much better. It's the same with my with the whoop now. I, mean, I knew this anyway, but just like you know, when you eat closer to bed, yeah, and and finish like earlier, how much better quality of sleep I get. I still do. We we'll talk about that at some point, but like that advice you give me, I just uh, seven o'clock now, seven yeah. o'clock. Yeah, every day. Oh, we're so, back. Yeah, and we're back. back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys, I can't concentrate if I need a slash light. Yeah, it's um, it's not it, happening. Yeah, I I, um, I I was listening to an Alex Formosi podcast today actually when I was doing my morning cardio, and um, ooh morning cardio morning cardio sorry and uh, and he said that um, one of, one of the bits of advice that he actually gave was to stop drinking water and I was like that is the first fucking time I've not stopped drinking but whatever cut, <laughs> no, yeah but st- like cut drinking water down and the reason why he said it was for that exact reason because when he drinks so much water. Excuse me. Um, he's just pissing loads, especially when he's got like a block of work to do or closer to bed. And that's another thing I'm trying to do is that's making me. Uh, you got a bit, is it the tensing scent? Tensing, delicious, delicious. Um, it's um, yeah, and especially when you're going to to bed, is stopping drinking water earlier. Well, there's the three, two, one rule, isn't there? Yeah, go on. Three hours before, no water. Yeah, yeah. Two, two hours, hours before, food. Food, one hour, no or is blue it light. Food, sorry. Food first. For, yeah, three yeah. hours for food. So if it's at seven o'clock for food. Yeah. Eight o'clock, no water. Yeah. One, nine, nine o'clock, no, no blue before. light. Yeah, no blue, yeah. no blue light. So yeah. journaling, reading. Yeah. And that's a really good way to switch off. Yeah. Um, um, but what we're about to talk about was I just give my spiel about the one of the low moments yeah yeah yeah. so you, i don't think we even yeah so i'm gonna go on to my first low moment as uh, a dj and um we had our i think it was our second international gig um in it was we played in romania for Otti, who I'm, I'm still really close with and um top bloke and uh, yeah, I've got a couple of stories with him involved in it but we had a, a gig in romania now by this point like we were playing quite Quite regularly, we were playing every week at Egg, and every week I was getting on it. Like I was doing gear every single weekend, and that was a big part of my night. You know, it was having a few drinks, getting some lines, playing some music, then going in the green room chatting. You know, after party, that would be that sort of cycle. Because at the time I was I was only playing at the weekend. There was no you know 
week weekday gigs. And we had this gig in Romania. I was super excited for it because it's a fantastic venue as well. Uh, five, six hundred people. Oh, he sorted it out. Really nice guy. We got along with him really well. Um, you know, got there. The problem was in Romania, they, they couldn't get hold of any gear. And I, really? Yeah. That's no surprising. Cocaine. It's, uh, I didn't... Yeah, I thought that, but then from my experience of trying to get drugs in different parts, especially Europe, it's always, you know, the... Um, Text groups. Anyone got a number in? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you see some people putting it on, like, um, on, on like Instagram and stuff. What? It's so cringe. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's uh, one of the... That's w- new. Yeah, one of the DJs, man. I'm not going to say his name. But Don't say his name. Just so cringe, man. Just putting it... Like, he's in, like, Italy in, like, uh, this small town. He's like, put, anyone got any numbers? Uh, it's like how old he's been like DJ for like ten years. Oh, well. they were asking on social. Yeah, to get ah. gear in. Anyway, okay, sorry. Right, so, um, so you can't get an old in any gear, and um, they but they drink a lot. There was a lot of vodka going around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I was drinking, and I've always been been a bad drunk. Like even when you know I had a lot lot of issues when I was a kid, like drinking. It was something that I started doing very young. I think quite a lot of English people do you know, 15, 14, but my drinking was really bad. So I'd always had an issue with drinking. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? This this come out from time to time, sometimes a few more times than often. Sometimes I'd go like, you know. It was a gla- glass eye sort of drunk where you, you, you people were trying to talk to you. No, nah, I was just a cunt, man. Just a, yeah, just, just, a dickhead. Like, just fucking pissing everyone off, causing drama. Do you know what I mean? And, it's uh, mad to think that because yeah. I never spent much time with you in gigs and stuff, but... To see you now talk about the way you were, yeah, it yeah. doesn't line up for me, no. which is crazy. So carry on. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, and uh, we started drinking heavily, a lot of vodka. Played this gig, probably the biggest gig we'd ever played, like international Romania as well, which sort of fit our sound. And um, I got fucked up, and we were playing drink. Yeah, because there was no gear, yeah. so I was drinking. Because normally that would balance it out. I'd have a few few beers, few drinks, whatever it was, like brandy I used to drink quite a lot of, but vodka, whatever, and then... Fucking brandy. Brandy and Coke, yeah. Fuck do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Brandy. <laughs> yeah, that's what but we were drinking. That's what gets cracked out by the grandparents at Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so Sorry. anyway, we would, we, we, I was getting, I was fucked up and um, nothing to, to count that out. And um, I started playing the same song. So me and Liam were playing back to back and he would play and then I would play, then he would play, then I would play the same tune again, right? And then my mixing started clanging, right? And I was <laughs> fucked. And I, but in my head, I was like, right? No word of a lie. First of all, Liam started giving me the evils and I was like starting to argue with him on stage. Whilst, whilst DJing. Oh, and then no. people started to boo. Right, oh, and then, yeah, no. and the crowd was like getting proper aggy, like it was a fucking disaster. We got pu- pulled off, right? Um, yeah, man. and I was kicking off, right, on these massive Romanian <clears throat> bouncers who got me out. Like, oh, he was just like, fuck, got someone else and got us off. They took us out to the, the, you know, to put us straight in a cab. But I was started kicking off, going like, oh, don't you know I used to be in the military? Uh-huh. But these bouncers, yeah, were fucking huge, were like, like seven foot Romanian, and obviously this time was a couple of years, and I. I ain't done any working out. I was, you know what I mean? I was proper DJ arms that were were in fashion by this point. 
And uh, yeah, anyway, they kicked, they got us off. They threw us straight in a cab, and it was like to the airport. And I was sat in the back, and I was just chatting on to this guy who I thought was in the front. Yeah, there was like the driver and someone in the front just talking about how it was all my brother's fault, and they're all a bunch of cunts. And they've tr- like the the airport was a mission away. Like it was like three four hours away. Yeah. Because um, obviously we were supposed to stay the night and then, you know, fly out. For yeah, of summer. course. Anyway, about two hours in, the guy in the front turns around and says, Sean, shut the fuck up. And I didn't realise it was my brother. So, oh, <laughs> so, my. I was, so I was that fucked. So first of all, I've got booed <laughs> off the biggest gig, got kicked out. Oh, no they put us in the cab. Then I've just bitched about my brother for, you know, two hours. <laughs> Only to find out that he was in the car. And anyway, we got to the airport. There was not a lot of conversation going on. We were, you know, sat at other sides of the airport. And this Romanian airport, not much going on there, mate. And and we got back and then, like, then it started to settle in. And I was like, fuck. What What just happened? What have I done? Like, you know, I mean, the first really big gig we've got in Romania. And I've just completely fucked it. And at that point, I thought my career was over. Really? Yeah, thought like you know i said to liam i was like don't tell anyone at egg you know what i mean like try and keep this quiet and um yeah <laughs> the funny thing is we actually got booked by Otty again to play in romania a few years later but luckily Otty is he's sort of the opposite of a lot of people in the industry because he just thought it was funny <laughs> and so you you took it to heart you thought oh this is game over well i mean it was embarrassing of course like, really but, embar- but yeah you thought that was a, like a yeah, a yeah i thought that was it i thought you know we're never going to play again like liam had sort of what liam didn't know is this was you know this was um the the start of you know of a lot more drama for him to come you know <laughs> if only he knew back then and yeah and it was that was probably that was my first real low moment i was like what the fuck man have i just done you know but i i didn't learn from that you know i didn't learn that i love playing and, and music is is such a you know a great thing and it's a fantastic opportunity to just be a part of that like really you know what i should have seen it as as well what an amazing opportunity i've got here i really want to perform but instead what i thought was yeah let's get fucked up and then it ended up um you know ruining the the whole experience but at that point that that should have been a red flag in terms of my drinking when playing um and i think I, you know it was i tried to not drink for a couple of gigs or something but you know inevitably it come back so I don't, I don't think you're on your own there, mate. Um, I'll just jump in there and say mm. I was the same. Mm. My, I, I looked at my music career, if you call it music career, as a professional, as we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, last time professional. Professional DJ yeah, yeah. Um, career was um, an opportunity to get paid, to get fucked, yeah, yeah, to yeah. have fun with friends. Because of that first experience when you were, at, you know, the first time that you see it. Yeah, you, that, fir- yeah, you, you yeah. see it, that first, that in, in, when I was 19 in Sankey's, yeah, yeah. looking at it and going, you're getting paid to get fucked with yeah. girls, or you know, you're the center of attention. Yeah. So, my my mind was basically, li- you know, lying. T- I was lying to myself, mm. right? But when the weekend came around, I didn't like. I would get my itinerary on a Thursday for my agency when I was, you know, maybe four or five years in into my career, and it would say you're in. Ibiza on Friday, and then you're in um, Croatia on Saturday, and then you're in France on Sunday, whatever it was, right? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't looking at it at the time. Looking back now, I do look at it like, I got to travel the fucking world. Mm. I got paid to do it. 
I can't, I have, there's some places I don't even, I can't even remember being there because mm. I was so fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time, I'd looked at it like I'm getting paid to party. That's yeah. it in one sentence. I'm yeah. getting paid to party. I'm getting paid to have fun. So there was, there was ne- like going back to what we said in the first episode, there was no- nothing ever professional about it, but I also never looked at it as an opportunity. Mm. I was looking at it as an escape. Mm. At, I also had some people, like I had family members who would say, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah, yeah, the classic. Which is a classic. But like, there's many people who were doing this making a lot more money than the people who made that comment. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I had some DJs who I know, like some of the big guys making 20, 30, 40 grand a gig. It's you know? mad, that, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> it is mad. I was crazy. Speaking, I was speaking to someone the other day about that and they were telling me the figures of some of the, you know, some of the guys now and I was just like... But the guys who do it to that extent, who get that successful and have that much longevity in the industry, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but are usually the ones who don't drink who look at it like a business, they treat it like a job, they are fucking professional. Yeah, yeah. They go to the hotel, they'll go to the fucking gym, Yeah, they'll miss the meal, they'll get something at the hotel, they'll grab something of them on their own, they'll maybe get some sleep before the show because they know they've got to get a flight the next day. Yeah, yeah. They'll go to the show five minutes before, they'll be drinking water and coconut water and maybe some sparkling water. They'll do their gig, they'll be in the taxi at the hotel in 10 minutes from the gig, they're back to the next gig or you know, back to the airport. That's the people who have longevity in this business. Because well, that, that's that's one thing I was going to ask you. Like, I always felt like quite a lot of pressure from, you know, like when you're at that sort of middle ground where you're not quite there in terms of like being a bigger artist, you're playing, like for me, playing like two, three, four hundred people cap venues, um, still, still sick. Yeah, yeah, still sick. But I felt like there was always quite a lot of pressure when really on a lot of the times I did just want to do like a fucking in and out. But when we get there, especially for me and Liam, like we were known for, you know, partying and yeah. stuff. And then you get there and then they're like, right, you know, you get in the cab. He's like, we've already got the packet. Yeah. You know, here are the fucking drinks. And I was like, oh, but I, was, I wanted to come out five minutes before <laughs> my set. <laughs> well, that's gone out the window. Do Mate, you know what I mean? One, one step even further than that, sometimes... I would get in the taxi to the hotel. Yeah. And they, the promoter would text me, go, Jackie, it's all sorted. Top draw in yeah. the desk in your hotel room. <laughs> yeah. So I go to my hotel room, the gear was already so. there. I'm like, Here fuck's we go. sake. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in your face. Yeah. And when you're, kn- back to what you just said, when you're known for being that party yeah, show and yeah, party yeah. lean, the Willis brothers are in town. Yeah, hey, yeah, 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 fucking yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right, Jackie's coming, let's have it. Yeah. He's going to go to the after party and go to the after after party. You feel like you got to live up to that every time. Yeah. So you've maybe got a 5% of your brain going, your logical brain going, we should probably just go in. Yeah. It's in a local one. I'll uh, dodge yeah. in. Yeah. I'll play. I'll have a little bit of it. I'll maybe have one drink after the show. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be home. And you get there and there's so many yes men around you. I don't know what you were like in terms of your friends and people who are around you. We haven't touched on that yet. No. But my circle of friends <clears throat> were, they were friends, of course, but... They were much <clears throat> sorry. They were much more um, yes men than I thought they were. Mm-hmm. They were there to egg me on, to enable them yeah, to course. party. Yeah, yeah, I had free drink. I got the yeah. gear and all that stuff was all included. Um, and that's quite a dark part to talk about. We need to probably need to, a longer episode to talk yeah, about this. Yeah. But that that's probably another um, another battle in itself. Mm. Dealing with people who 
and more acquaintances who are out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Leeches almost in a way. There is, there is, there is, there's so many, and you don't realize until you're out of that. Out of yeah, until now, and I'm looking through my phone book and like, well, I haven't spoken to any of them fuckers since I left. Ninety <laughs> percent of the people. Yeah, more than that, mate. Probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's just let's go back up to another up. Yeah. Yeah. See what we're doing here. One down, one up. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny you said that. We used to play a drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> called one up, one down. Well, how'd you play that? Well, I'm going to tell you because you're obviously now in sobriety. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not going to... Basically, once you know the rule of the game, you can't play the game. So I'm going to tell oh, you because okay. I don't... Oh, anyone, okay, we're not going to play... Yeah, no, okay, we're not going to yeah. play. It's so not, basically, you're not spoiling anything. So basically, if this, let's say there's a group of six or seven or eight of you all at pre-drinks or at the afters. Yeah. It, this game was actually usually played at, at the, the afters. afters, everyone getting fucked. <clears throat> so you have to have a drink in your hand. Mm. Um, and when it's your go, you have to say one of three things. You can say one up, yeah. Sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> two, two up. It's fucked it already. It's fucked it already. Yeah. So I haven't even had a drink. Tenzing. <laughs> Tenzing. Off me up the tits. Yeah. Um, two up, two down, or one up, one down. Right. You have to say one of those three things, yeah. and the person who has who's who introduced the game will know it, which one of those is right. And it and you don't know. You just keep going around. And if you get it wrong, you have to have a drink. So you just uh, keep drinking and drinking and drinking. It's where your hands are. You've got to watch people and you've got to figure it out. So if I said two up, uh, you got it right. You don't have to drink. Or if you have like one hand one, like this and one down, you go one up, one down and you get it right. And you'd be like, what the fuck do you mean? I got it right. I don't. And you, you've got to basically just observe and try and figure it out. And if and it just keeps going around and around. So we used yeah. to play a game. It was called getting really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, for as long as you can. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, going anyway. back to ups uh, and downs. Ups, yeah, ups so what, and downs. what was, uh, let's say, what was your, as, you know, in your DJ career, what was the biggest, uh, like, what was the biggest high? Not even achievement, I don't think. Like, what was the best feeling you had as a DJ? Wow, that's that's a fucking hard. You knocking some hard questions know, over yeah. here today. Yeah, because I get to Straight think in. about them now yeah. whilst you answer them. <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> clever. So, I'm joking. I made notes. Made three <laughs> notes and two arrows, which don't mean anything. So, I would probably say getting signed to Defected was yeah, the big biggest mom. thing. I remember I was looking through pictures on my phone. You know, you bring highlights up. Yeah, and there was I love a, that. a picture of me. You know, you do the obligatory signing the. Contract where actually this time I actually needed needed to most times before when I've done that um, picture yeah you just printed it you off. just print it off at <laughs> yeah, home you're yeah, like yeah. you get your last to take a picture yeah, you're like yeah, take yeah. a picture of this so I can yeah, put it on yeah. my social in a suit <laughs> <laughs> just in the no, kitchen no it was usually in the kitchen yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. with a pen just next to it yeah like, yeah ready and <laughs> um, so I that picture of me signing that DFTD um, EP. Was, was amazing. Was it in the office? It was in the office in, yeah, London. in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah I went yeah. with my, my manager at the time and in Simon Dunmore's um, nice. office. Off the back of that, I got Jackie and Friends, which was my party at the time, in yeah, room two at Defected yeah. in Ibiza. Defected's a sick brand as well, man. It's the, just, it's still, have you, do, you still, do you ever listen to it now still? I don't really listen to any music anymore, weirdly. That is well weird, man. 
I know you post your Spotify playlist all I the time. I love music, man. Go I'm listening a... to loads. I'm all all day, every day, sweet I, 16. I love that. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Nothing. I don't give a fuck. Well, Defected is there. Just... Oh, but no, back to what I was saying. So yeah. Defected is, you know, it's a, it's 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 a staple be, it's one of the best brand yeah, in the music. world now, yeah, really. Yeah. Not just the UK. Nah, in the world, yeah. It's a, world, a worldwide brand. So getting, th- I got like 13 shows that summer. Yeah. <laughs> Was that like another little yeah, yeah, freaky yeah, sorry, ad just, there? Yeah. Um, I got I thir- 13 shows that summer with Defected. Wow. I had seven, seven Jackie and Friends and five main room. I opened the opening party with MK in the main room. It was fucking it was streamed online. It was fucking crazy. Where, where did you do Jackie and Friends in London? We did the first one we did was in... Did you do it at Egg? Short, no. No, we didn't do Egg. We did Shoreditch. We did like a, a Jackie and Friends album launch, which was fun. It was with CR2. Okay, we yeah. did an album launch with CI2 in Shoreditch somewhere. It was opposite Jaguar Shoes. Do you know where Jaguar Shoes is? I don't know. Anyway, we did that, but Jackie and Friends, we did it all over. Yeah, yeah, the London yeah. one, we did in Fabric. We did Fabric oh, Room did 3. You? We did Room 3. Upstairs. Upstairs, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it was wicked, but Jackie and Friends, that's another thing. I've got to add this in. Jackie and Friends at Sankey's Manchester. Uh, we sold out five shows in a row. Just on you, Jackie just and Friends. Big so man. it was just me and an artist. So we had me and Sydney Charles. Who was your f- oh, I like Sydney. Me and Sydney Charles. Me and Santi. You know, yeah, Santi as well. Yeah. I like F- me Philip. And, yeah, me yeah. and Della, Della Swing. Me. At, we had loads of people. Do you know Hannes? Hannes was my manager. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. So we knew, we, we knew that anyway. Yeah. We, we knew that because we, we were on the bottom of his signature. Signature. But we never obviously crossed paths nah, because nah, nah. you played hard as fuck techno. Well, this, yeah, this this is at the back end we come on, Mohannes. But you know what? I just completely off. I used to love... It's funny now, yeah? Cause I was going to say this to you yesterday, but for... Hannes used to take us when we used to meet him. He used to always take us to Sir House. It'd be like Sir House Berlin, Sir House Amsterdam, Sir House. And I thought, I fucking love to just be sat in here with a membership. It's class, isn't it? Now, yeah, now, yeah, sat, then, sat yesterday, yesterday. That's what I was thinking, man. <laughs> I was like, uh, it come, mate. Yeah. But, but yeah, so San- so the two moments for the first one was that, but then Sankey's Manchester selling out the same club where I walked into mm, as a 19 year old yeah, going, yeah, yeah. I'm going to play here one day. And my mate laughing at me yeah, and yeah. then running a party there and going to the club at half 10 mm. and seeing a queue Sick. Round, the, round the street, mate. Fucking. Who was who was your favourite guest on that? Uh, Jackie and Friends. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Did I'll you have a party with Santi? Did you? Yeah, it was Santi was fucking yeah. part of the the crew, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I I I saw Philip all the time. Philip used to play a lot of my tunes. In fact, that was how I got in with that crew because Santi played my, one of my first releases did ever. It, yeah. That release I mentioned on the first episode. It was yeah. a remix of. Uh, Groove Syndicate tune, uh, okay. Lee Pennington and Lee Walker. Yeah, yeah. So um, I went to Newcastle and we, we ran up, well, a guy called Stephen Dunn ran a party in Newcastle called Loop. Yeah. And he books, yeah, he booked whoever we wanted to put on. You you play, you play Loop? I think, yeah, I played Loop, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, I, I did, remember, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Um, so basically, Sante played that, I played like my it. remix, and then I was like, fuck, right, I'm in. I wasn't yeah, yeah. at all. But I thought I was like, that was kind of my in with, with that crew. He's, I like Sante, he's all right, isn't he? 
Yeah, for, I haven't spoken to him in ages. Oh, I spoke to him quite, like maybe last year, actually. And, I mean, Sydney Charles is, you know, he's still slamming it, isn't he? He's killing it, he's, yeah, he's really, really sick. good. We've got a lot of time for Sydney. Lovely yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgeous guy. Yeah, he is, right, isn't he? Gorgeous, is Sydney. How good, how good is him, man? I've told him, he's now <laughs> becoming a silver foot. Know, he's got, mate, like, that yeah, silver he's fucking handsome, anyway. Very yeah. handsome yeah, sausage. Yeah. Sorry, but anyway, don't digress. I want, I want, you've had time to think about it now, so yeah. I've said my one of my highlights. I was just going to say on loop, yeah, it's funny you All mentioned right, loop. Because you know you said about video, video. <laughs> I always remember when we played loop, this is at the time when I was playing records, you know, I was playing records a lot as well because I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And I'd learned how to play records. And I played this, uh, this Jabali one at loop and I thought it was well cool. And I was like, get a video of this now. It's got a video. And when I listen back, yeah, there's a guy stood at the side and you can just hear him go, this tune's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Because it was just, you know, it was like, it's a sick tune, but it was, you know, a continuous <laughs> loop tune. So, it wasn't really fitting for the party, you know what I mean? Just as well you weren't me, you would have took that to the heart. Well, you, you know, there would have been fucking tears <laughs> yes. and stuff, yeah. So, um, anyway. Uh, hi for me. I, do you know what? It's the first time I played... Um, Watergate, I think that well, not the first time actually. I think when I played for Galuzzi's vinyl only night at Watergate uh, on a Saturday night, that was that was I think that was probably the the I think the high for me, like that was probably the best because it was like something that was just so far away from what you know from when I first ever played. Um, you know what I thought I was ever going to get to, and even though on the big scale of things, it's not huge. I just think everything that that represented just being like two, you know, random English guys playing for Galuzzi's like a fucking legend in Berlin at Watergate on his uh, like vinyl only night with, uh, with who else was on the lineup? Symphy was on it. Um, who else? I can't remember. There's a few. It was sick. And we had like the big banner outside Watergate as well yeah. with like the names on it. Um, and that, yeah, Woody was on it from Heideglum. Uh, but that 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 was wicked, man, because it was just it really represented something for me. Then, like, yeah, I've, you know, not that I've made it, but you know, it was again, it was it was. But it will have been. Yeah, it was. It, like yeah, that. it was. It was mint, man. It was. It was really good. So I, I'd say that's probably the the sort of high for me. I think. Um, for for this is what I want to get onto. We've we have talked about quite a lot um, on the topic of. <clears throat> how difficult it can be in terms of um, the laws. Yeah. This is a high moment for you. So for like, for any aspiring DJs or producers out there, explain to them how worth it that journey is to get to that point. That feeling that you got award again, that was a pivotal moment mm, for you. Yeah, yeah. Was it worth it? Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Oh. I think there's things that I would have done differently in my career, but then I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'm just like, you know, now I'm in, in you know, probably the happiest of, you know, and, and best place I've ever been in. So that's because you sat with me. Exactly, mate. Exactly. So you're only human. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've, again, you can say in hindsight anything, can't you? Of course. Um, so, yeah, it was absolutely, it, it was worth it, you know. And I think that's the thing with, with music is like, 
you know, if you're talented, that really will shine through in, in, in some degree, as long as you put in the work as well. And anything really is possible. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's one thing that I noticed from music that sort of helped me now, you know, start a new career and stuff, is think like anything actually is fucking possible. Like if you put in the work, if you learn, if you take the time, if you're patient, like if you've got some talent and, and some passion for something you know, then you, you never know how far you can sort of take it. And that's that's one thing from, you know, from that that space in, in the music career that we had, even though I always think, oh, we could have done so much more. It's like sometimes you just need to look and think, you know what, we, we've done a lot more than I ever thought was possible. Like there's always going to be someone above you. Do you know what I mean? I, I was all, just saying know. before about those guys on 20, 30, 40 grand a gig. Yeah. It goes up to like what's Carl Cox on? Do you know what I mean? There's 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 never ending scale yeah, yeah, of how yeah, high yeah. you can go. Yeah, yeah. We could have always gone high, but yeah. then we wouldn't be sat here talking no, like exactly. this. In, in so we were both in such a good place. Yeah. But um, oh, I was going to ask you a question there with regards to something and I forgot. It's, you should have made back. notes, mate. I should have. I should have <laughs> put a couple of bits. <laughs> a couple there. of arrows, couple mate. Of arrows. And then you fucking. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It wasn't a question. Oh, okay. Um, it was on the the tip of. Speaking to that aspiring producer or DJ, yeah, yeah. How many people or kids did you have coming up to you, or did it even happen when you were in a club? You come off the decks, and there'd be someone waiting to talk to you, ask you a question. I had a lot of people ask me, youngins ask me, "I'm trying to be a professional DJ. Like, give me. Have you got any tips? Right?" And the first thing I always used to say to people was, mm. "How hungry are you? Yeah, yeah. How much? How much do you want it?" Because yeah. just coming back to what you were saying before, anything is possible, but it all depends on how hungry yeah, you are yeah, for the yeah. thing you want to do. Absolutely. Are you willing to put everything into it? Yeah. Are you willing to make sacrifices? Yeah. yeah. Are you willing to fuck important other thing, other important things off to do this one thing? Yeah. If you're not, then f yeah, and that, it's going to be difficult. And that's that's one question that we that I always remember. Hans from like one of the main promoters at Egg, he's still there now. He said to us. Like, if you want anything to happen, like, you've got to make the move to London. Like, you've got to sort of give it everything. Yeah. And I always stick with me that because at the time, like, we were traveling up from South End. I still had a job. Liam still had a job. We were traveling up every, every weekend. We would still be there at Egg, but then we'd have to go back and then reality would sit and we'd be back into our normal jobs. And yeah. I remember him turn around to us and just say, guys, look, you know what I mean? If, if you want this to happen, you've got to move to London. And that was it. Like, literally within that next week, we were like, fuck it. And then we moved and that just changed everything. And I think that's just always stuck with me now. Like, even though it was like, you know, 10 years ago or something, um, I always remember him saying that. And that's what I always think now, you know, like if, if you want something to happen, you've got to make that that big pivotal move. And then you, you know, I think when you put yourself into that position, then it has to work because you've left yourself no option a lot of the time, you know. Um, that, was, that was the option that I made, which was to, quit that I, I said about the, on the first episode where I quit work yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. a movie yeah. <laughs> like I got that Viva release yeah. and in my head I was like I've made it even though I hadn't made yeah, it yeah. I'd already made it in my head yeah. so it was already it, it already happened yeah, yeah. it hadn't manifested itself into reality but I'd already made the decision that it was already it would happened already yeah. that, that, that moment to either move to London uh -huh. or to uh, to quit your job, whatever it is you you need to do to put a fucking stamp on it, mm. just do it. Yeah. Because the worst thing that can happen is you can go back to doing what you were doing before. Yeah. Exactly. To guarantee what the yeah. job you were doing will be available yeah. in another way, in another area. You know, whatever you're doing, you can go back to that. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? You're not going to know unless you try. Mm. Um. But yeah. Absolutely. Um. So just on that, 
any more downs you want to touch on? Well, I think we should end on a high. I think so too. Yeah. Mate. I think so. Yeah. I think that was. I think. I think that was a good start. We've obviously got so many, um, so many stories and so many, yeah, uh, experiences to go through. But we don't want to also go on. No, nah, no. Nah, so. Um, I think that all. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. I think so that. yeah. So um, to everyone listening, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Like, share, subscribe, comment, and um, we'll be back soon with more fucking stupid stories. Yeah, more notes and more more notes, better more, notes next more time. More tensing. More tensing. Yeah. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Does anybody know where the afters is?